This is episode 116 of the weekly Yes And podcast. Five years or six weeks. And hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 116 of the weekly Yes And podcast. I'm your host, Travis Thomas. This one is called Five Years or Six Weeks. I was also thinking about calling it Chinese Bamboo. I'm not sure which one is more compelling. So there you have it, five years or six weeks. I'll get to that more in a minute. Some of you may be saying, hey, Travis, why don't you call it three months? Because that's how long it's been since the week, since the last weekly Yes And podcast. So yeah, I'm not sure if I can keep calling this the weekly Yes And podcast. Although if you looked at the first two years, they were weekly, so I was super consistent, so uh, I apologize. So here we are. The reason I have been sort of off the grid for the last three months, not to make excuses, but let me go ahead and make one, is that things have been super, super busy. And so I'll get into more of that here in a second, but uh, in a very good way that I'm super grateful for, the last three months have been probably the busiest uh, three months for me professionally, doing a lot of traveling, doing a lot of speaking, and a lot of work, and so I'm super grateful for that. What was sacrificed during that time was the weekly Yes And podcast. And so I hope to get back on path here as we roll into the summer, but let's jump into it. Five years or six weeks? And the answer is kind of five years and six weeks. Let me explain. One of my favorite analogies that uh, I heard years ago, but I recently saw an old Les Brown video uh, many of you may know Les Brown, one of the top sort of uh, motivational speakers in the world for years. I did not he hear the Les Brown version until recently, but I can see how this is, it was probably his video that uh, made this idea popular. But I've been sharing this for years myself. So if someone gives you some Chinese bamboo seeds and tells you to plant them and then water that soil, and just take care of that soil until it grows. If you plant those seeds and start watering and nurturing that soil, after one year, guess what? Nothing happens. So you keep watering and nurturing the soil. Two years, guess what? Nothing happens. Three years, nothing happens. Year four, right? You're watering, you're nurturing the soil, you've been so diligent, so disciplined, you're taking care of it you're probably starting to think that you're either crazy or you're giving bad seeds because four years, nothing happens. Then finally, year five, you start to see some bamboo buds break the surface of the soil. You're like, holy cow, wow, maybe I'm actually gonna get something out of this. Over the next six weeks, the bamboo can grow as tall as 90 feet. Once that bamboo breaks the surface, it can grow as tall as 90 feet in six weeks. Crazy. So the question is, how long did it take the bamboo to grow 90 feet? Five years or six weeks? And obviously the answer is neither. It took five years and six weeks. Because what was happening during that five years? Nothing? No. Actually, there was a ton that was happening. Although we couldn't see it on the surface, Underneath the surface, in the soil, the roots of the bamboo seeds were growing deep and wide. Think about that for a second. Deep and wide. Because once 
the bamboo stalks start to grow, they're gonna grow so quickly, we need to have a deep and wide foundation, which is going to allow for that type of fast growth. So we need to take the time developing the foundation before we start to move in the direction of our growth. Because if we don't, we're gonna to grow too quickly and our base is not gonna be sustainable. And we're gonna to topple over and we're gonna flame out. I love the bamboo analogy. And so I've been sharing that with people for years, whether it's you're starting a new business, you started a new diet, you started a new workout, a new career choice, a new relationship. Now I never meant for the analogy to be literal, right? Uh, it's just gonna take you five years and six weeks. But the reality is, when I sort of took one of many leaps, but the most recent professional leap when I left IMG Academy uh, just over four years ago, which is crazy, just over four years ago, I took a leap of faith to create Live Yes And, not having any idea of how it was gonna go, where the work was gonna come from, any of that. And for four years, the growth has been um, really slow. I've been grateful for the work that's come along, but it's it's been slow. I haven't exactly been setting the world on fire with all the speaking I've been doing, etc. But the last few months, all of a sudden, with some of these roots that have been um, that, <laughs> that that have been growing deep and wide, a few of them have started to break the surface. Um, in the last few months, really the last six months, I've become an active member of two speaking teams, two corporate speaking teams. So I've been doing, a, all of a sudden, I'm doing a lot of speaking, uh, corporate training speaking. Um, and then I started teaching a college course that came out of nowhere. And then I've gotten a few different um, uh, speaking gigs that have come directly through me. Now, all, so all of a sudden, within the last six months, all these opportunities have kind of come out of nowhere. And by no means do so I feel like I have arrived, I've made it, people. It's just that, wow, okay, I'm starting to see some progress. I'm starting to see some really quick exponential growth where I've seen only really slow, uh, moderate growth up until now. So, super grateful for that. But all of that to say, in my own life, I've been nurturing and, and, and tending to that soil day after day after day after day. And I'm starting to see a little fruit starting to see some of that bamboo. So I'm super grateful for that. So in your own life, what have you been nurturing? What soil have you been nurturing? And if you're not seeing the results that you wanna see, yes, it's always healthy to take a step back and say, okay, is what I'm doing the reason it's not happening? Or do I just need to stick to the process? I'm gonna talk more about the process here soon. But that's the idea of the Chinese bamboo. Once we get our foundation set and then we commit to the process, when that growth happens, we have the base, the foundation, the roots to allow for really quick growth that we can handle because we've put so much time into, um, into building that base. And you, we see, you see companies all the time, you see individuals all the time, you see athletes all the time who have quick success but they just didn't have the experience or the base to sustain that success and they, they, they topple or, or things don't work out or um, they make a lot of mistakes. So what I love about the bamboo is it's all about that slow growth and then boom, it allows for that quick, quick uh, takeoff. 
Awesome. So no coincidence, when I look back at the last three or four months, I'm like, okay, what have I done differently? And the truth is I haven't done much differently. Um, I've been trusting my own process of building my business. So I've been trusting that process, not getting attached to specific outcomes, not getting attached to how the growth had to happen, when it had to happen, how much it has to look like. So I haven't been attached to outcomes, but I've been trusting the process of doing the things that that I do to create relationships, to to better my work, to better what I'm doing, uh, and, and to do that consistent, consistently. Um, and so that's sort of trusting the process. But again, the big thing in that is not getting attached to the outcome. Because if we get attached to the outcome, we're constantly setting ourselves up for failure, which is different than setting goals. We can set goals, which help drive action. Goals help drive action. Whether we reach the goal or not, it's the goal that helped motivate us to drive action. But we don't need to be attached to outcomes because then all we get focused on is the outcome instead of trusting the process that leads to outcomes that we are uh, proud or excited about. But one thing I look back, I'm like, okay, back in December, I was given the opportunity to sign up for a coaching program. I am a coach, I'm a performance coach, I coach others. But I also believe that coaches need to be coached. So Brian Johnson, who I've talked a lot about, the Optimize, his website is optimize.me. Check it out. He started his first ever coaching program, a 10-month program. I signed up in December. It started in February, and it goes until the beginning of December. The program started in February. My work uptick started end of February, March. All that to say is... I committed mentally to be, to bettering myself in this Brian Johnson optimized program and at the same time I started to see my my work take off a little bit coincidental I'm not sure I'm all about when you open your thought when you open your expectation when you open your um, uh, consent to to taking care of yourself or to doing more that leads to success, all of a sudden you start to get more opportunities. And so I, I see a, a total parallel between signing up for this coaching program with Brian Johnson and then more work coming my way. And the two things I love about this coaching program, again, I think coaches need to be coached, is that it has given me a daily routine uh, to focus on myself, to be better. And part of the program is that you get a coaching buddy. And so I have another guy that I've been partnered with, we call him Swim Buddies, and he and I are in touch with one another, just kind of checking in and being accountable to one another. And I think that has just helped me be much more intentional about my own work. And so for you all, do you have, do you have a coaching buddy, an accountability partner, a swim buddy? Do you have someone that you're constantly checking in on um, who's listening, excuse me, who's listening to you, who you can sort of share your, your failures, share your successes, um, who is who's constantly uh, someone you can open up into and be vulnerable. You know, I've got another friend like that that I have breakfast with once a week. Hey, Evan. Um, and he's just a great, you know, an unintentional coaching buddy because we're friends and each week we're constantly checking in with one another to see how we're doing. And so again, all of that, you know, I commit to that program and then March and April ends up being my two busiest months. Um, Four cross-country trips, you know, one to Vancouver, two to Seattle, one to LA. Um, I can take a little flight <laughs> break for now because that also included a couple of trips to New Jersey, a trip to St. Louis, a trip to New Orleans, 
um, a couple you know local trips. But all in all, for March and April, I I had over 12 speaking engagements. Plus, I was teaching. Uh, the college class for the Watson Institute every Wednesday night, and I didn't miss a single class. I was able to work all that work around those classes, and so, so just super excited about that. And then June, May, May's been a nice little quiet get your rest because June, June will be my busiest month yet. I'll have twelve, about twelve or more speaking uh, events in twelve in twelve in June all by itself. And so just really, really grateful for, for, for all of that going on. Grateful how everything has fallen into place. One of my biggest learnings from the last few months is um, I talked about trusting the process, right? Trusting the process and not getting caught up on the outcome, but trusting the process. The second thing that the last few months has really taught me is because I've been doing so much travel and jumping through so many uh, hoops and trying to you know, fly back from New Jersey just in time to jump in a car to get to the college class, to teach the college class, getting up the next morning and flying out uh, for a 6 a.m. flight to go across the country. You know, so all of these logistical things, connecting flights, um, weather, all of these things that have been out of my control. And um, that's the great thing about travel is it's so much, so many things are out of your control. So. I've been having to do so much surrendering over these last few months. I can't control when we take off. I can't control whether I'm gonna make my connection. I can't control the weather. I can't control where I'm gonna sit most of the time. I can't control who's gonna sit next to me. Um, I can't control the turbulence. And so all of this, you know, you do the best you can. You prepare the best you can for a trip. You take care of all of your details, but then you just have to let go. You've gotta take a step back and say, you know, give it to God, give it to love, give it to your higher power, surrender and just say, I can only do what I can do. So stressing or creating anxiety about it doesn't do me any good. I can just literally, <laughs> literally enjoy the ride. So my big two learnings, excuse me, trusting the process and surrendering control. Trust the process, surrendering control, and the last one, no surprise, gratitude. I'm constantly taking a step back and expressing gratitude for, wow, isn't this great, these opportunities that have come along. And everyone, isn't it great? And not, oh, I, I wish there were more, I wish there were better, like, isn't this great, all these opportunities. And the ones that don't work out, isn't it great that that almost worked out? Uh, or isn't it great that it didn't work out? Who knows? And uh, when I was teaching uh, the Watson class uh, this spring, you know, I met with these 12 amazing students, um, 10 of them international. Every week we met for a three-hour class, and I would start off every class with, what are you grateful for this week? And they all kind of looked at me at first like, okay, gratitude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is this guy asking us about gratitude? And by the end of the semester, you know, 14, 15-week semester, I was like, all right, guys, what am I going to ask you? What are we grateful for? And they started to be prepared. They were thinking about what they're grateful for. They were coming up with some deep, deep gratitude based on what was happening in their lives. And, you know, these are kids, like I said, 10 of them international, haven't been home for months, new culture, new language, so many things. But at the same time, all of them blessed for where they are and what they're doing. And so just the power of gratitude to open ourselves up to more goodness to flow our way. And so 
that is what I've been up to for the last three months. That is, and that's kind of the space that I'm sitting in right now is as we roll into a busy summer, um, hoping to get a couple more podcasts rolling here. Um, and so for those of you who haven't heard from me in a while, uh, if you want to hear from me, you know, four or five days a week, go to my um, uh, Live Yes And on Instagram and Facebook. I do a, uh, a Yes Daily, a Your Excellent Self Daily video, about three or four minutes long. Uh, those are all archived on uh, my Instagram TV at Live Yes And. So that is what is going on. Um, and of course, any of you guys listening who haven't read my book, Three Words for Getting Unstuck, Live Yes And, um, and you can get that on Amazon. And lastly, um, that's about it. If you want to do a daily meditation on Instagram, check out my friend Darnell McDonald. And Darnell gets on every afternoon and does a live meditation, which is a lot of fun. I love it when I can get on and do the live meditation with Darnell. And if you jump on one of his uh, meditations, tell him that uh, Travis sent you. <laughs> there you have it. So there you go, guys. Chinese bamboo. Five years or six weeks and five years and six weeks what does your daily process look like surrender surrender gratitude surrender that's your weekly yes ham podcast episode 116 have a wonderful day everyone love you juju